Lokutei Sichais Parshas Vaera Sicha Aleph Chelak Tes Zayin. We are learning Leilunishmas Rabbi Yisuf Ben Yomin Ben Rav Menashe Kaltman. We've discussed often that though Rashi primarily explains the literal intention of the verses in Torah, his explanations also contain wondrous thoughts on different sections of Torah, as well as Yenashal Torah, the wine, the secrets of Torah. But to extract these ideas, we must first learn Rashi as it's explained in its literal format. In verses 3 and 4, Psukim Gimel and Dalit, in Perak Vav, chapter 6, we read, Va'era el Avroham el Yitzchak ve'el Yaakov bekel shakai, u'shmi havaya lo'ino dati lohem. Hashem speaks to Moshe and says, I appeared to Avroham and to Yitzchak and to Yaakov, with a name revealing the aspect of Kel Shakai, but I did not become known to them or revealed to them with the name Havaya. Vegam Hakimoisi es Brisi Itam, Lahem es Eretz Knan. And with that revealed aspect of myself, I established a covenant to give them permanently the land in which they had sojourned. Rashi explains. I appeared, says Hashem to Moshe, to the Avis, with promises that were given by way of the revelation of myself at the level of Kel Shakai. But I didn't become known by the name Havaya, which is the aspect of revelation of Midas Amatut, the attribute of faithfulness, faithful to the fulfillment of my words, and as such the promises I made to them were not fulfilled in their lifetime. With the name of Kel Shakai, Rashi continues, with that revelation, I established and set up a covenant between myself and them to give to them the land of Canaan. With Avraham, I did this when Avraham was given the mitzvah of brismila, circumcision, when Hashem said, Venasati lecha, lezaracha acharecha, es eretz migurecha. I will give you and your offspring after you the land you are living in now temporarily. To Yitzchak, the Torah tells us, Hashem said, Ki lecha ulezaracha etein es kol ha'aratzeis ha'kel ha'el v'hakimaisi es ha'shvua asher nishbati la'avrom b'kel shakai. To you and your offspring, says Hashem, I will give all these lands and I will set firm the promise I swore to Avram with the revelation of Kel Shakai, and to Yaakov, the Torah teaches that Hashem said, Ani Kel Shakai, pray or obey. I am Kel Shakai, be fruitful and multiply. Nations will come forth from you, and kings shall come forth from your loins. And the land that I have given to Avram and to Yitzchak, I will give to you, and to your offspring after you. Hashem then continues speaking to Moshe, and in Pasuk Vav, in verse 6, Hashem says, in connection to Moshe's protest to Hashem, in the previous parsha, Why have you made things harder for these people? Therefore tell the children of Israel, Ani Havaya, I am the Lord. Vahitsesi eschem itachasivlas mitzrayim, vilzalti eschem. 
Therefore, I will take you out from under the burden of Egypt, and I will save you from your labor, and I will redeem you with strength and might. Rashi explains Lochain, therefore, and says it's with that promise and with faithfulness to that promise that I will take you out. But then in verse 9 in Pasuk Tes, we learn that Moshe gave Hashem's words over to the nation as Hashem told him to, but from sheer exhaustion, because of their terrible forced labor, they simply could not absorb what he said. They could not hear him. Rashi explains this saying that they couldn't be consoled because they despaired completely of being redeemed. Rashi then, in his explanation on Pasuk Tes on verse 9, returns in this explanation to the words Anihavaya, I am God, in verse 6 from Pasuk Vav, and offers additional explanations to that, then adding, Virabeseinu Darshuhu, but our rabbis have interpreted Anihavaya as relating to Moshe's earlier comment and complaint, why have you harmed these people, done evil to them, and explains that Hashem said in response to Moshe, Chaval al da'avdin v'loy mishtakhen. How great is the loss of the patriarchs who cannot be replaced. I lament their passing. Harbe pa'omim neglesi alehem bekel shakai v'loy amruli mashimcha. Oftentimes I revealed myself to them with the revelation of Kel Shakai, and they never asked, but what is your name? But you said, if the children of Israel ask Mashmoi, what is his name? What shall I say to them? How do we know Hashem will reveal himself to us with following through on the promise of redemption? It was with them, the Avais, that Hakimaisi es Brisi, I established covenants. And yet, Avraham, when he needed to bury Sarah, couldn't find a grave there in Canaan until he purchased one for a high price. Yitzchak similarly dealt with the Philistines who contested the wells he dug on his land. And Yaakov, who settled in the city of Shechem, which is also in Canaan, purchased the land upon which he pitched his tent. None of them questioned my actions as it's reflected my promise or covenant, as you have, questioning why I've done these people harm. Now looking back to the end of Parsha Shmois, on the verse where Hashem immediately responds to Moshe's complaint, of why have you made things so bad for this nation? Hashem says to Moshe, Now you'll see what I'll do to Pari. With a mighty hand I will overpower Pari, and he will send them out of Egypt, and I will cause him to drive them out of his land. Rashi says, You, Moshe, ruminated over my ways of how I run the world, and that's not like Avraham, to whom I said, Ki I promised Yitzchak that Avraham, that Yitzchak will be called your seed, will be your progeny to live on after you in your way. And then, Amarti Then I said, 
I gave him an instruction to bring Yitzchak up as a sacrifice. Imagine how difficult that was for him. Him, And yet he didn't question me. So here's a question. Why then in our Parsha, in Vaera, when Rashi explains, according to Rabbi Senu Dershu, this follow-up, follow-up explanation on Aniha Vaya, I, in this revelation of God, but explained according to Drash, does Rashi expand this to include all the others? Previously in Shmais, Rashi only spoke about Avraham. Here, Rashi then goes back to this and includes all the others, saying that neither Avraham, Yitzchak, or Yaakov asked Mashimcha, what is your name, about the revelation and fulfillment of this covenant. And in Shmais, like we said, Rashi only mentions Avraham never asked. Rashi also uses a different example for this in Shmois and a different example in Vaera. In Shmois, the example Rashi brings is of a time when Avraham didn't challenge God's actions. This was at Akedas Yitzchak, when Yitzchak was to be brought up as a sacrifice after God had said, he will be the one who continues your legacy. In Vaera, the example given for Avraham is when he needed to bury Sarah and had to purchase a plot for a lot of money on a land that Hashem had promised him. And perhaps most significant is that the fact that at the end of Shmais, Rashi explains this lahirher, that no one questioned me or Avraham didn't question me as the literal understanding of the words in the verse, while in Vaera, Rashi introduces this explanation as drash, as a homiletical lesson of the sages, which Rashi then follows with the statement that this drash doesn't really fit the text. That totally negates the way Rashi teaches, which is to bring agoda that supports the words of the verse, not agoda that doesn't really fit the text. We can suggests that the last question that we posed explains all the other issues. At the end of Shmais, when Rashi deals with this, he addresses the literal intention of the actual verse. And indeed, the words in the verse that Rashi explains and the response in the actual verse addresses the complaint of Moshe. What was Moshe's complaint? Since I've come to Pari, things have gotten worse. Why have you caused more suffering to this nation? In Psukim, Chavbeiz, and Chavgimel, in Perak Hay, Moshe complained that not only did this mission Hashem sent him on to Parai not save the nation, but it actually made things worse with Parai increasing their labor and the servitude, to which Hashem answered, saying in Perak Vav, in verse Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, verse 1, you will see what is done to Pari, and Rashi explains, but you won't see what happens with the seven nations who are in Canaan when I bring the nation of Israel into the Holy Land, because you criticized my methods. Questioning Hashem's actions is quite the opposite to the way Avraham, in a very similar situation, responded. Avraham did not question Hashem's motives 
or actions when even after Hashem had promised Avraham that Yitzchak would carry on his legacy, Hashem made a request of him to bring Yitzchak up as a sacrifice. This promise that Yitzchak would be the progeny to carry on Avraham's lineage made this all the more painful. Like Moshe's pain, knowing that since going to Parai on Hashem's mission, things were so much worse for the nation. We know well that the pain of barren, barrenness, the pain of barrenness is not comparable to the pain of losing an only son, God forbid, particularly if the father brings this loss about. So the situations were very similar, and yet Avram didn't ask questions. Accordingly, the answer Rashi gives with the example of Avraham and the Akedah at the end of Shmois is the only one that suits the discussion there. If it were the answer regarding Avraham seeking to bury Sarah, but not finding a burial plot until he paid for a lot for the land, or the answer regarding Yitzchak and the Philistines or Yaakov purchasing his portion in Shechem, these would not suit the discussion in Shmois that was taken in the literal understanding of the verses. Perhaps they could have had concerns about Hashem's actions as they aligned with the promise of the land insofar as the heavy cost of the Amar Samachpela or the wells of Yitzchak and the purchase Yaakov had to make. But this all pales before what Moshe complained about. Hashem's mission, Moshe going to Pare, literally caused the situation in Egypt to become worse. It's only in regards to Moshe asking Hashem, what name should I tell them when they ask? What revelation is this? Challenging Hashem in general, that we understand the examples brought by Chazal from Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, who did not question Hashem's actions. We can go deeper yet. Moshe challenging God, asking why did you make things even more terrible for this nation, wasn't a personal challenge. He was worried for the nation. Rashi therefore cannot bring a personal issue of Avraham trying to buy a plot for Sarah as an appropriate example of Avraham not questioning God or a personal example of Yitzchak and the wells or Yaakov and the land he lived on. These were personal events. And there's no room to question God's ways in terms of the promise to give Eretz role to the Jewish nation. Perhaps there was a personal lack of worthiness that caused these events to take place. But Moshe's shlichas from Hashem wasn't personal, and no sin diminished his ability to succeed in this mission. This was Hashem's doing. Hence the comparison in Shmais to the event of Akedas Yitzchak when Avraham didn't question God. The Akedah touched on the future of the entire people, not just Avraham and Yitzchak. And yet, Avraham didn't question. No such events occurred with Yitzchak or Yaakov, and so Rashi does not bring examples for them. The discussion in Shmois is about the literal intention of the verse. But looking at this through Medrash, through the Medrash in Va'era, Medrash, where the mysteries of Torah are concealed, we look to the soul of Torah that teaches that the Avais 
Hain Hain Hamerkova. Avroham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the Avais, are the chariot for God's ultimate will. They live their lives here in this world as a vehicle for God's divine will, just as their souls above serve this spiritual function. It cannot be said of them, nor can this idea of niskalkalti bechet exist. There is no sin when it comes to the Avas, which means that these personal events, the purchase of the Ma'aras HaMachpela, the contested wells of Yitzchak, and the land Yaakov lived on are also not really personal issues. And these two were examples of when the Avais did not question the actions of God. Taking this into consideration, the Avais, as a Merkava for Hashem's will, we can say that this is alluded to in both of Rashi's explanations the pshat of Shmois and the drosh of Vaera. We know that Masa Avais Simon Labonim, the actions of our forefathers, are directive for and empower us, their children. The Maase Avais, the actions our forefathers took, exist on two levels. The manner in which their actions were physical, at which level it's completely possible to Avraham to worry if he has received a reward for an act of righteousness, but now the reward's been given and he's left with a concern whether he'll be worthy of receiving the inheritance of the land. The same can be said, of course, of Yaakov. In fact, the Maggid of Mezrich related to the Alter Rebbe that he had in a vision seen Moshe teaching little ones Torah. They were learning about Avraham Avinu and how when the Malach told Avraham he will bear a child, he fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, will a child be born to a man a hundred years old and will Sarah who is 90 bear a child? The children listening to Moshe Rabbeinu looked at him incredulously and wondered how Avram could doubt the words of Hashem. Moshe explained in Mikra Yetzimidei Pshutei, the Pasuk must be understood as the Torah teaches it. And he explained that Avram's skepticism hearing the news comes from the body's natural characteristics that results in automatic self-expression, even though Avram's body was holy and a Merkava, it was still a physical body and can respond with laughter or doubt. Then there is Maisa Avais of the soul, at which level there is no such thing as doubting or questioning Hashem or his actions. This is what is going on here in our discussion. In Parsha Shmais, when the explanation is for the literal intention of the words of the verses, Bider Hapshat, Rashi explains according to the Maisa Avais of the Guf, of the body. Rashi could not offer the example of personal events because Maisha was asking about the nation, and it was completely possible that the Avais have that thought, as did Avraham and Yaakov. Maybe I've used up my reward, but according to Agadah in Torah, where the many wondrous mysteries of Torah are concealed, the soul matters. The examples that can be brought of the Avais is when they did not question God in personal things and concerns. This understanding of the Avais can serve to explain Moshe who was arguing at the end of Shmais 
Why did you make things more difficult for this nation? Since I went to Pari to speak in your name, Pari has made things terrible for the people. This is pshat, the literal intention of the verse. Moshe complained against God. And Hashem says, why are you questioning my ways? And the consequence, as Rashi brings down, is that while you'll see what I'll do to Pari, you, Moshe, will not see their entry into Eretz Yisrael. Then, according to Drush, when we talk about soul matters and we talk about the soul, it's no longer so simple. It's not possible to suggest that Moshe has a complaint against Hashem or that Hashem has a complaint against Moshe for questioning his ways and that he is then punished for this. Rather, here Rashi says, Hashem is saying to Moshe, I appeared to the Aves with a revelation of Kel Shakai, and no one asked Mashimcha, what is your essential name? Moshe sought to know Shimcha HaGadol VeHakadosh, God's great and holy hidden name, Hashem's explicit name, the Shem HaMefeirish, to know Hashem at that level of essence of Shem Havaya. And Moshe's words, why have you made things so difficult? Weren't words of doubt of Hashem's divine plan, but a desire to know and to grasp the shlichas fully. So the Agoda of Rabbi Seinu is not the answer for Moshe and Shmais, only in Va'era. Of course, one still wants to understand how even from the body, from the physical reality of Moshe, it was possible to question or doubt Hashem. A, from the perspective of Moshe, who from birth filled his home with light so that his mother at birth could see Kitoivu, that he's good. And then, how is it okay to juxtapose Moshe's words with the actions of the Avais who didn't question Hashem's actions? Moshe, as the Rambam writes, was Nifhar Mikol Min Adam. He was chosen above all mankind, yet we're saying he did question God's ways? The Torah doesn't even use a negative term in speaking of an impure animal, certainly in speaking of a Jew. But the Torah tells us something negative about Moshe, and just to tell us how careful to be in not questioning Hashem's ways, to be like the Avais who didn't. After all, if even Moshe couldn't do it, how can we be expected to do it? To understand all of this, we look at the defining word in Rashi, Va'era, I appeared. To whom, says Rashi, to the Aves. Now the Torah says, Va'era el Avram el Yitzchak vel Yaakov. What is Rashi possibly adding by explaining something that seemingly requires no explanation to the Aves? And so it is explained that Rashi intends to explain with the word the Aves that what they merited was Va'era. They saw godliness like you and I see physicality. So they didn't doubt and they didn't question. This ability to see God became an inheritance. That's what fathers do, pass on an inheritance of wisdom to us. Only Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov are called the Avais. And the inheritance passes to every generation so that this experience of Avais lives on in every successive generation and in every Jew. Considering this, we can still see where even while an inheritance passes from father to son, it may not be as strong in the son and in future generations as it was for the fathers, 
But the level of Vaira, seeing God as the Aves did, is, a strong, is as strong in subsequent generations and in all generations. Rashi alludes to this too when he says, Ha'aves, the forefathers. The Aves were given this Re'iyah, this vision of God, not because of their individual and unique levels of divine service. Avraham was called Avraham Oyavai, Avraham who loves me, who served God through the characteristic of chesed, love, and not for Yitzchak's unique service through Gvura or Yaakov for his unique service. Rather, just because they were the Avis, those who would pass on this inheritance. That is true for the inheritors, and there's no difference between the Avis and the Bonim. A father may be greater in merit than his son because of his actions and divine service. And while this too can be passed down to descendants, the inheritor may not be on the same lofty level as the Av. But our discussion is about Va'era, Hashem revealing to the Avais, whose reality as an Av predicates the reality of a Ben. As it is for the father, so it is for the offspring. Now, Moshe received this Yerusha, so why didn't it hold him back from questioning God's plan? An explanation for this may be, as the Mechota teaches in B'Shalach, Lo'inigalu Yisroel mimitzrayim ela b'schar ha'emuna. The reason we were redeemed from Egypt was that it was a reward for our faith. The essential point of Judaism the bond between a Jew and God was revealed, resulting in man's faith in God, and this made us worthy of redemption from Egypt. But even before this, in the midst of the exile, the Jews were ma'aminim, were believers, but then we were only believers, sons of believers, b'nei ma'aminim. The faith was an inheritance, but the full expression of faith, is a result of one's own divine service, and that wasn't revealed. For redemption to be a reality, on the basis of and on the merit of their actions, the faith in God, inherited from the others, needed to be upped to the level of personal effort and faith. This happened through Moshe Rabbeinu, and therein lies the essential difference between what we received as an inheritance from the Avais and what we received from Moshe Rabbeinu. Every Jew has received the inheritance of his essential Jewishness and his faith from the Avais. From father to son, from Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, there is an inheritance of faith. But Moshe nurtures that faith. He is both one of the seven shepherds who led our nation and the primary shepherd of our people who nurtures the faith of our nation to become a faith that is internalized, that is strong and complete, so that impacts our actions and changes us from the inside out. Accordingly, we can understand the essence of Moshe's question, Lama Why have you made things terrible for this nation? And the fact that the Torah tells us about this, even though Avraham never questioned God. And we can understand God's response, Va'era el ha'avais, I appeared to the avais. Once the nation 
was already close to redemption, and Moshe came on a divine mission to redeem the nation, the bond between the nation and Hashem, the faith in Hashem, needed to be at this heightened level, not at a level that this is what we got from the others, so we are maminim, we are merely bnei ma'aminim, sons of believers, but at a level of faith that was our own. Moshe's question and agitation, lama hare isa, motivated the response of the era, I appeared. Moshe's question was the question of the generation, and Hashem's answer to this challenge was the opportunity of a revelation of the era to that generation. Therefore, at the end of Shmois, Hashem says, You challenged my actions, and Avraham didn't. Avraham, as who he was, didn't challenge, and he passed that level of Amuna on to Bnei Yisrael, but the nature of a being is to challenge. And Moshe's challenge evoked a revelation that gave the nation the opportunity to rise to a higher total and inculcated level of Amuna. With this, we can understand Rashi dividing the explanations, the literal understanding of the verse in Shmais, and in Va'era the Drash, and the difference between them. The clarification that Rashi's explanations are about the body of the individual, the physical reality, the humanness of someone, doesn't mean that Moshe, as a human, is liable to question God. He isn't. And that possibility isn't a reality for Moshe. But the approach of Rashi is to take the discussion through the human possibility of questioning God, through Pshat. And so according to Pshat, the very literal intention, the body of Torah, that belongs to and speaks to every Jew, no matter his spiritual status, these words, and you challenge my actions, and the possibility of Moshe challenging Hashem's actions is made plausible because that revealed Amunah for some is actually concealed. As Moshe asks and Hashem answers, that experience of revelation, of the era of seeing God becomes revealed through Moshe and with that he removes the questions and the challenges. On the other hand, when we go to Drush, the soul of Torah, we see how the soul is illuminated within the Jew, and there is no chance that a Jew questions God. But what the Jew does want to know is Mashmai. He wants to get closer yet to know the essence of God. This discussion also facilitates our understanding of the connection of Vaera and Chavdala Tevis, the day of the Hilula of the Alter Rebbe, of the passing of the Alter Rebbe, and which in the year this sicha was said, coincided. Chassidus Chabad revealed through the Alter Rebbe, whose deeds and accomplishments of his entire life are all revealed and illuminated on the day of his passing, and now become a source of light that flows from on high, brought a new idea to the Chassidus revealed by the Baal Shem Tev and the Magid. This was the idea of becoming saturated by and truly living on this complete level of Amuna, so that not only is one's inherited latent Amuna manifest, but rather there's a level of total illumination of this strong experience of faith 
even for an individual who previously had doubts. Chassidus illuminates the level of faith even in one's intellectual mind, bringing Chassidus Chabad down to the level of chutzah, to the most external and primal level of soul, the level of nefesh, which by nature conceals faith in the divine, this was what the Alter Rebbe achieved with Hasidus Chabad. Just like the faith that Moshe's question and Hashem's response manifested within the natural inclination of the Jews in Mitzrayim. And just as it was in Mitzrayim, the redemption from Mitzrayim, that the redemption came as a reward for this faith, so too in the final redemption through the agency of Chassidus and its wellsprings pouring forth chutzah to the farthest reaches with a faith that envelops and saturates us, each and every jewel merit the ultimate and final redemption. May it be speedily in our days, Mamash.